It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk about how the Thunder match up with the Dallas Mavericks. And we're also going to talk about Dennis Schroeder and his media availability from Tuesday evening and much more. On tomorrow's show, Nick Crane of Forbes will join the show to preview the NBA season and the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Disney World bubble restart. Let's start with Dennis Schroeder. He, of course, is a part of one of the best lineups the Thunder can put out there uh, with a three-guard lineup, and he's been very important to the Thunder's success as he's gotten praise uh, from all media members, all fans, and all coaches. Billy Donovan recently saying uh, that he's been phenomenal in his six-man role. I think he's the clear six-man of the year, uh, even as a non-Thunder fan, you know, even as a non-Thunder fan bias, uh, but that's still up for the debate right now. Uh, but He's taken on this new role very well. Uh, Billy Donovan credited him as much, saying that he should be a starting point guard in this league, uh, but he's done the right things uh, when needed to for this Thunder team. So he talked to the media yesterday, and first of all, he starts by praising Andre Robertson. So another uh, player, another coach added to the list, uh, another person added to the list of crediting Andre Robertson and, and talking about his comeback. And Dennis said the... Uh, the best line of them all, saying that Andre still has it. And Dennis is going to uh, get a lot of Thunder fans excited about that because Dennis has played against Andre before. Uh, so he knows what it's like to go up against Andre and to see him in the scrimmages and say he's still got it is very encouraging. And it goes back to my point about Andre. You know, for the first time in this rehab, we're seeing the organization top to bottom kind of put pressure on Andre to come back. And pressure is not always a bad word. What I mean by pressure is normally uh, the last two years, whenever Andre's flirted with a comeback, we've seen Billy Donovan, we've seen his teammates say, you know, it would be great if Andre can come back, but we're going to leave that up to him and we're going to see how he progresses and this and that in the third. Uh, this time in Disney World, the players are outright saying, hey, he's great. He's playing well. It's exciting to watch him out there. He's still got it. They're saying the buzzwords that will get you excited. The players do not seem to have any reservations about Andre Robertson. Of course, Billy Donovan will. That's just coach speak that's going to go on uh, from now until the end of basketball. Uh, but the players being so positive about Andre and seeing Andre out there without a knee brace, without a sleeve, without anything, uh, any protection on that knee is very encouraging. What does that mean? For his on-the-court play, on play in this restart, you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it the way we did on Optimism Tuesday. And if you have not listened to that, go back and listen. If you want to get excited about Andre, go back and listen to Tuesday's show that's all about Andre and what he can add to this team. You can look at it that way, which is glass half full, or you can continue to have reservations about Andre and say, hey, maybe he plays 10 minutes. Maybe he's he goes from an elite defender to a good defender, and we'll see where the chips fall after that. Uh, for me... I've been giving you these updates about where I'm at, if Andre will play or not. 
And when you play in four straight practices, when you play in full contact each day uh, that, that the team has, whenever you play in scrimmages and we've gotten nothing but positive feedback and affirmation from other players playing against you, that moves my positivity chart up to about 80%. And it started at 50-50 just a month ago. It was at 50-50. And now I'm at about 80% that he will play. And we'll see if that continues here. And and I understand the reservation from a lot of people. Uh, We've seen this song and dance before from Andre. It's been a tough rehab process for uh, Andre himself and for the team. So hopefully this time he gets back on track and gets back to work. But I wouldn't fault you if you're still siding on that 10 minutes per game because that's where I'm at currently uh, on a non-optimism Tuesday. That's where I'm at is about 10 minutes a game and he plays solid defense and he's just working himself back into game shape because, look, these scrimmages are awesome. These scrimmages you know, can tell a little bit of a story, but nothing can simulate NBA basketball. Nothing can simulate an NBA team against another NBA team with something on the line. And in these seeding games, unlike for most teams, something is on the line for every single game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the fact that Dennis praised Andre was great. Uh, I think that that's another positive sign, another step in the right direction in the rehab process for Andre. And I understand both sides. I understand if you're someone who is through the roof excited about Andre after listening to that Optimism Tuesday podcast, if you think that he's going to be a starter, if you think that he's going to play heavy minutes, I understand why. You're so excited if you think the other way and think maybe that the Thunder will be lucky to get 10 minutes out of him every night. I understand that side of it as well. So let me know where you fall on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So Dennis also came out yesterday and said that he will wear Black Lives Matter on the back of his jersey. Uh, And I'll say it again. This is an awesome move by the NBA, by Chris Paul and the Players Association, by everyone involved, and again, give credit to the WNBA who really started this trend first uh, but I appreciate Dennis using his platform and, and choosing to uh, have something on the back of his jersey we've seen equality with the Thunder we've seen Hamadou Diallo and Dennis Schroeder now going with Black Lives Matter it's unclear what the other guys are doing just yet that hasn't been formally announced so I'll wait until it is uh, before we start speculating on what players might do or might not do with the Thunder uh, but it's it's a great thing that the players are doing and the NBA is doing to allow these players to Put their message and put their platform in your face. There is no escaping this. And I've talked about it uh, ad nauseum the last couple of weeks, but normally in sports, uh, people complain about sports and politics, but it's very easy to avoid. You just don't listen to the players talk. You just don't follow them on social media. Uh, Now it's unavoidable. Now it's on the court. It's on the player's jersey. It'll be talked about on the broadcast. Now it's in your face and you have to hear them. You have to listen to their platform. And I think that that's a very, um, very encouraging move by the NBA. Uh, And and it really deserves a ton of credit that they're going to do this for their players and they're going to um, support their players to this extent, which is something that no other sports league has ever done in the history of sports. So so I really appreciate Adam Silver, Chris Paul, and and everyone involved with this decision-making process. And uh, Dennis Schroeder is going to be the third player to formally announce again that he's going to do something. Uh, Chris Paul with equality, Diallo with Black Lives Matter, and Dennis joining Diallo with Black Lives Matter. I'm sure many more will join these three from the Thunder before we start games in a couple of weeks, but that's what we've confirmed as of right now uh, with the Thunder. Uh, but speaking of the next couple of weeks here, Dennis Schroeder uh, told us yesterday he'll be leaving the bubble uh, for the birth of his child in three or four weeks. Uh, first and foremost, Credit to Dennis Schroeder for for making that decision. 
I'm sure it can't be easy uh, for some players to decide this, but I'm glad it was easy for Dennis Schroeder because things are more important than basketball, especially the birth of your child. And especially in this situation, uh, you know, it, you should leave your team anytime that your wife is going to have a baby. Uh, but Dennis, I can understand how players are feeling right now because you, you, I would assume you plan this to happen in the off season. This should be your time off already. And now we've gotten thrown into this situation. So I do, uh, credit Dennis Schroeder for making this decision to leave. I think that's the right decision. I think that anyone should leave the bubble or your work or whatever you're doing in life uh, to be there uh, for the birth of your child. So credit to Dennis, and, and I hope that everything goes well uh, and everything's all right with Dennis and his wife and everything like that. Uh, but in terms of the basketball sense, uh, the exact protocol that was stated in June is that Dennis must test negative every single day outside the bubble. When he returns to the bubble, he must continue to test negative and quarantine for four days in the hotel before rejoining the team. Now, the timeline on this, on when he'll be gone, is obviously up in the air. Three to four weeks, uh, you know how childbirth is, I'm sure. Uh, it, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows when this is going to happen for Dennis? And he'll get that call that he needs to leave the bubble. Uh, and, and it could result in him missing playoff games. It could result in him just missing the seeding games. And you look at the calendar right now, uh, three weeks from now would still put Dennis, you know, out of the bubble inside the seeding games. So we'll see how that goes. Who knows if he misses any of the postseason? Obviously, uh, in a basketball sense, that'd be a big miss in the postseason to not have Dennis, who's involved in your best lineup uh, that you can put out there with the three guards. But again, he's making the right decision for himself and for his family. And that's always been uh, what I've uh, valued more for these players to, to look at things individually and not in, sen in the sense of a basketball team uh, or you as a player. Hopefully everything goes smooth for Dennis Schroeder. Again, in three to four weeks, he will be with his wife for the birth of his child. After the break, we're going to talk about how the Oklahoma City Thunder match up with the Dallas Mavericks in the postseason. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving you auto parts online for 20 years. 20 years ago, you might have had dial-up internet where if someone called you, the internet went out. You couldn't send your email properly, but you could have been buying all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com with hundreds and hundreds of make, models, and manufacturers. They have everything your car needs on an easy-to-navigate website. Just go there, put in your car, they'll show you what's compatible and what you might need for your car, and you can narrow it down from there. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box, and they'll know what to do from there. There's no point in going to a local chain auto parts store because you're going to go in there. They're going to ask you questions you don't know how to answer. They're going to type on their computer, order a part for you online, and then upcharge you for that part. Skip the upcharge. Go to rockauto.com for all the parts your car will ever need. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's talk about how the Oklahoma City Thunder match up with the Dallas Mavericks. And this is going to continue our series of looking at every possible first round matchup, which will continue into next week. We've so far discussed Utah and Houston, and now it's time to move on to Dallas. And this season, they've split the two games they've played. Oklahoma City winning the first battle 106-101. Uh, 
and then losing the second battle, 107-97. I was at that game. It was a very fun game. Uh, but inside the bubble, Dallas is without their starting center, Dwight Powell, without Jalen Brunson, who is a huge, huge player for them, a huge backup point guard for them, and without Willie Cauley-Stein, who was a late addition. Uh, you know, Right at that Thunder game is whenever the, the Mavericks got Willie Cauley-Stein and, and, and Cauley did not play in that game against the Thunder. Uh, but still... You know, these are kind of big losses for them, especially Powell and Brunson. Uh, Willie Kleistein never really found his way uh, into that rotation for Carlisle, uh, and he I didn't project him to be involved heavily in the rotation uh, in the postseason. So this is not a big loss for them, losing Willie Kleistein. Uh, but Brunson and, and Powell are, and Powell they've had to deal with for a long time, tearing the Achilles early in the season. Uh, but for Brunson... They were really counting on having him back as their backup point guard. He serves that role so well, and now they have to rely on J.J. Barea uh, and you know the newly added Trey Burke. So it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate those minutes whenever Luka is not on the floor. Uh, but in the postseason, we know rotations shorten and star players get a lot more minutes. So let's talk first about this matchup with Luka Doncic because he's phenomenal. He is a top 10 player in this league, probably top five player in this league, if we're being honest with each other. He's a he's a superstar. He's an offensive phenom. I'm not sure how anyone stops Luka Doncic, but this will be his first postseason, so you can take that how you will. I know some of you will look at this and say he's not ready for that big stage yet. Some of you will look at this and say, look, he's been a professional basketball player since he was 15 overseas. He's played in championship games before overseas with a lot of stakes attached to it that are equal to the NBA postseason. Well, this is a new setting for him. Uh, he has also, again, been playing professional basketball since he was 15. So I fall more on the side of, yes, this is his first NBA playoffs, uh, but he's shown time and time again that that professional experience he has overseas does in fact translate to his NBA performance. Uh, so I don't think that he'll be you know, caught off guard by whatever bright lights are in Orlando. It helps that there's no fans and no travel and, and none of the outside factors uh, to throw off a young player. Uh, but Luka's going to be just fine, and Luka is going to dominate this postseason, no matter if he plays Oklahoma City or what team he plays, he's going to dominate. He's going to dominate the NBA playoffs that he's in it, and that doesn't necessarily translate always to wins, but it will translate to a fantastic stat line from Luca. I wouldn't be surprised if he always puts up a triple double in the bubble in terms of in the playoffs. And then you move over to his partner KP, Kristaps Porzingis. They have the stars. They have the pairing that normally works in the postseason. Normally in the postseason, you shorten your rotations and you rely on your top three guys. And right now, they, they only have two solidified top three guys, if that makes sense. Uh, they only have Luka and KP to lean on. Uh, but Tim Hardaway Jr. has played very well. But just specifically looking at KP now, Kristaps uh, Porzingis has had an interesting season returning from injury uh, and rehabbing throughout the season and knocking some rust off throughout this season. He was really starting to, to see and, and hit his stride uh, as the season came to an end or came to a delay in the season. So again, here's another opportunity, a fork in the road for you to decide your own opinion on if you think that Kristaps will uh, be better after this layoff or worse, if he'll, if he'll just accumulate that much more rust the same way he did uh, to start this season. Uh, how is it going to go for KP? And when you talk about injuries, he's already rehabbing from a serious knee injury, uh, multiple serious knee injuries. Does this revamp uh, further injure him? Does it re-aggravate an injury? What happens with Kristaps is a big question mark for Dallas. And it's going to determine how far they can go. Because while Luka, I, am, I would bet my house that he is going to dominate this postseason, 
I cannot bet the same for Kristaps because I can see it going either way. And now for me personally, I'm leaning more towards the side of rest being good for KP and rest, um, you know, not affecting his, his form or the level that he got to more so than anyone else. I think every player inside the bubble will take these eight seeding games to get back into game shape because like we said with Andre, nothing simulates NBA basketball like NBA basketball. Uh, so I do think KP and every player will take time to get back into that game shape. But when it comes to playoff time, I think you will see a full force Luka and a full force KP in terms of their physical um, ability on the floor. Now the chemistry is something interesting because Oklahoma City, as we know, has a ton of offensive chemistry. And Luka and KP have shown flashes of that in the pick-and-roll game. And, and that pick-and-roll in a couple of years, whenever they get this chemistry down, or even next season, is going to be lethal. And I don't know how you stop it because we've seen flashes of it being unstoppable this season, their first year playing together. So for me, I do think Dallas is a year away from being a year away. So this year will be their, their stepping stone into the postseason. Uh, next season, they'll make a run and a tough second-round exit. And then the year after that, uh, they should be ready to truly contend uh, for a chance at a championship. Uh, so with Dallas, you, you look at the injuries with Powell, with Brunson, with Willie Cauley-Stein knocking out. You look at uh, KP and Luka still trying to get on the same page uh, and, and still trying to find their stride together. And Luka, this is his first postseason. Same thing for Kristaps, really. And... I just still think Oklahoma City takes it. Now, I do think this is a close matchup, but why do I still believe the Thunder take this matchup? For one, I think SGA, like Luka, will take a step. I think that this offseason has been longer than most of the last three offseasons. So we know Shea has not taken a break from basketball. He told us as much in the media availability. He told us that he has still been playing really uh, – Shortly after quarantine started, he's still been getting baskets up uh, and still been working out and scrimmaging and things like that. So he's been practicing. He's been progressing this quote-unquote offseason here, this layoff here. And for Luka, uh, maybe not on the court progressing because we have uh, heard reports about somehow he's he's not in game shape, which, again, I don't think anyone is in game shape. But for Luka, it's a little bit different than, than, than Shea. For Luka... He was dealing with the ankle injury. He was dealing with a thumb injury that was very, very aggravating for him. Every game, he would re-aggravate that thumb injury, and you could see teams attacking that thumb. And what I mean by that is you know, following through with their block attempt and hitting that thumb. That way he re-aggravates it. I think that this layoff helps him get healthier, and we'll see him uh, revert back to how uh, phenomenal he was to start each of the last two seasons. Uh, and if you want to make the fatigue argument, Again, the rest helps that as well because he's been a fast starter his two years in the NBA. And I think that he gets back to that uh, after this layoff, so he'll progress in that category. For Shea, I think you could see him add something to his game after a layoff longer than each of the last three off seasons. And if you want to speculate on what that could be, uh, you know, his, his shot looks overhauled. He looks smoother and more comfortable shooting the basketball, especially off the dribble. And he told us he's been working on that throughout this layoff. And he, I would consider this, you know, a peak into year three Shea, into that progression step for Shea. And he played very well in the last postseason with L.A. against the Golden State Warriors. So he's proven that even in the hostile environment of Golden State, even in that scrappy uh, matchup between the Warriors and Clippers last year, he's proven he's up for the challenge. I think we're going to see a, a great Shea performance, multiple great Shea performances in the first round of the playoffs against Dallas or any team, really. Uh, so... 
you know, it's Shea versus Luca. Luca's obviously better, uh, but Shea will do enough to keep up. And then you move into the fact that Oklahoma City has Chris Paul, uh, who is going to be healthy for the postseason for the first time in many, many years. Uh, he's not going to have the outside postseason factors of travel, of fans, of different things like that. And again, the health is the biggest thing. Uh, and you get to the most important part. The most important part of this matchup, it boils down to a phrase, clutch versus clutch. Clutch versus clutch. Now, while Billy Donovan does lose the coaching battle, I think he's been a better coach this year than Mike D'Antoni, who we previewed yesterday. I think he's been a better coach this year than Quinn Snyder, who we previewed on Tuesday. He loses the coaching battle for the first time in this hypothetical matchup to Rick Carlisle because Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA. That's not a knock on Billy Donovan. I think Billy Donovan is this year's coach of the year. While I think Nick Nurse has done better than Billy Donovan this year, I do think that Billy Donovan should earn the coach of the year honors. As we've seen with the MVP, it's not necessarily always the best, but the best story and the best turnaround. So I do like Billy Donovan to win coach of the year. That's not a knock on him again. Rick Carlisle is a Hall of Famer, and he's going to be a better coach. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, but clutch versus clutch is what this matchup, in my opinion, boils down to. We can talk about Luka. We can talk about Shea. We can talk about KP. We can talk about CP3. It boils down to clutch versus clutch. And what I mean by that is for the Thunder, they're a historically great team in the clutch. They have historically great numbers in the clutch. For Dallas, they have a historically great offense. I challenge you to dig in to the Mavericks' offensive numbers. It's better than what the 73-win Warriors had before Kevin Durant. It's a historically great offense. So the Thunder are historically great in the clutch. The Mavericks have a historically great offense. So where does their clutch number come in? They have a historically low clutch rating. They are terrible in the clutch. Most of their losses, just like most of the Thunder's wins, most of the Mavericks' losses come late in game situations where Luka or KP don't know what they're doing. The refs make a bad call. Things don't go their way. There's turnovers. There's missed shots. There's bad play designs. Everything that can go wrong for the Mavericks late in games go wrong, whereas everything that can go right for the Thunder go right in their clutch situations, like the steal, the magical steal in Boston. That play was a brilliant play by CP3. The Mavericks don't get those plays in the clutch. And it boils down to clutch versus clutch. The Thunder don't get blown out. They stay competitive in games. And if you can keep each game in a seven-game series close, what you've shown over a body of work is a great clutch team that will beat a bad clutch team. I think that they keep every game close. I think this series is the most fun series to watch in the first round, if it happens. And we will see great battles throughout the series, but the Thunder win this series, I'd say in six at least, but maybe seven. I think I think it'll be competitive for sure, but I'm still taking the Thunder over the Mavericks because it all boils down to clutch versus clutch. Now, Luka is going to have magical games. He He's literally called Luka Magic. He's going to have magical games to steal games away from the Thunder, but overall, over a seven-game series, the Thunder win and beat the Mavericks and move on to the second round. And so that's three straight opponents that we've previewed that the Thunder will beat and move on to the second round. We've gotten Utah, Houston, and Dallas. Next week, we're going to talk about Denver, LA, and LA. So we'll talk all about those matchups next week. But after the break, we're going to talk more about some NBA news from inside the bubble. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So inside the bubble right now, Nikola Jokic has reported to the Denver Nuggets. So that's awesome. He's cleared quarantine. Again, whenever you go back to the bubble, you at least need two days inside your hotel room of quarantine. Uh, Jokic has not only reported, but he's cleared that quarantine period. So he is practicing and playing with the Nuggets right now. Uh, The NBA and NBA PA, though, are worried about false positives when it comes to this testing period. Uh, they're They're citing that there's very healthy players right now that can't get that positive test needed to rejoin their team. This is going to be a big worry for the NBA. I get it. Uh, but I think the NBA's protocol right now, sadly, is the best we can do. There might be false positives for sure. I'm not doubting that. Uh, but it's better for everyone to take the side of caution, even if it uh, hurts the Thunder or any other NBA team, uh, for that matter. Uh, so that's something also, the, fa- the false positives, as the NBA and PA uh, work to kind of solve that. Uh, the false positive is something you've got to work for, or, or excuse me, you've got to watch for with Dennis Schroeder, who's going to leave the bubble in three to four weeks uh, to be with his wife. Uh, what if he gets a false positive and, and it further delays his ability to rejoin the Thunder? Uh, I think that it'll all work out in the wash, obviously. Uh, I'm glad that Jokic has returned. He, of course, had coronavirus and then missed his flight to, to Orlando, and a lot of things went wrong for him in the last couple of weeks here. So the fact that he's back and he's back practicing is a good sign for him. I'm sure that it's a big weight off of his chest. But I did want to talk about this story from Rudy Gobert uh, because, as you know, Rudy Gobert was the first player to test positive in the NBA uh, and was the reason the NBA you know, shut down immediately. It's because they didn't know what to do with that information, obviously. Uh, and it was the reason that the game was not played between Utah and Oklahoma City the night the world stopped. Uh, and we've talked about it before, his antics leading up to that moment touching all the microphones, touching the locker room, you know, people's stuff personally in the locker room, like Donovan Mitchell's stuff, touching it and making a joke about coronavirus. He comes out today and he says that the snitch line, quote unquote, uh, is petty and it's ridiculous. Rudy, I don't want to hear from you about coronavirus. I don't. You've proven time and time again, you are not taking this seriously. You've proven that you think it's a joke. You've touched all the microphones. You've touched people's personal stuff. You've contracted coronavirus. What you've done at every turn has shown you're not taking this seriously. So people like you are the reason we have a quote-unquote snitch line to protect the NBA from people like you. That's the reason. And look, I'm glad he's recovered from coronavirus. Uh, You know, you don't wish it on anybody, uh, but... His antics showed he wasn't taking it seriously before he got it. I'm sure he's changed his ways now. But the fact that him, that that he of all people, is going to take the stand and say that he thinks that the the snitch line is petty is ridiculous because he's part of the reason the NBA is in this mess, along with the rest of the world, along with the rest of the United States and the government. He's part of the reason. He did not take it seriously. And he's the reason that they feel like they, that they even need a snitch line to keep people like him in line who weren't taking it seriously before the NBA shut down, who was touching everyone's stuff, including reporters and players and teammates, who was making a fool of himself. He's the reason they have a snitch line. He's the reason they can't trust players. And again, the snitch line, you know, the, the way to describe that shouldn't be snitching. 
It is truly a matter of life or death. While Chris Paul and other NBA players will be fine if they get it, most likely, it's not just about the players. It's about the coaches. It's about the trainers. It's about the people preparing meals for them. It's about everyone involved that's in Orlando right now. And those coaches are old. Greg Popovich is there. Greg Popovich is there. Rick Carlisle is there. All these old coaches are there who, Alvin Gentry, who are going to have bigger health issues if something happens. Or at least have a higher chance to have bigger health issues if something happens. And so for Rudy Gobert to come out and and say that the snitch line is petty, how about touching microphones? That's petty. Touching everyone's personal stuff. That's petty. They're protecting themselves, Rudy, from people like you. So that'll wrap up this edition of Locked on Thunder on tomorrow's show. You're going to hear from Nick Crane of Forbes talking about the NBA restart and the Oklahoma City Thunder inside the NBA bubble. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.